And uh, thanks for joining us this morning on Launceston's YFM. Being a Wednesday, Dr. Andrew Corbett has just uh, stepped into the studio about 10 seconds ago and is uh, raring to go for what is the final time this year. Yes, it is, Cameron. Indeed. Final time for this year, and we'll probably come back around the start of February yep. and continue our weekly Wednesday discussions. Probably, again, issues that affect life, mm. you know, the, the grist mill of life, and over the last little while we've been talking about the closest relationships that we'll have in life and today it's the same sort of thing we want to talk about marriage and and Cameron one of the things that occupies a lot of my time as a pastor is issues related to marriage people preparing for marriage in fact as I mentioned last time I have about seven couples that I'm preparing for marriage over the next few months and I love doing that. It's a, it's a very rewarding, very exciting part of the job. One of the other things as a pastor, and I'm sure all other pastors do as well, is that they're trying to help those that are married to maximize the potential of their marriage, to, to be able to find maximum joy, delight, and benefit out of their marriage relationship. In fact, as a Christian, we... We, we should be the people that recognize the, the value of marriage and obviously for those people that do have a spiritual understanding of the significance of marriage, you can, under, you can appreciate why it's such a, a spiritually hot topic. Yeah. And, and I, I say spiritually and that might catch people by surprise because they might think, well, surely he means a socially hot topic, surely he means a politically hot topic. No, I actually mean a spiritually hot topic because I think marriage is intrinsically spiritual it's designed to convey the ultimate spiritual truth and that is the mm -hmm. identity of god and when you understand that god the father has been in an eternal relationship with jesus and the son of god and the holy spirit that together that that triunity of god is according to the opening two chapters of the Bible itself, is presented to mankind in a picture. And that picture is marriage. So marriage is really, really important. And Cameron, one of the, the, the most tragic things that I ever hear is of a marriage that fails, a marriage that yes. breaks down. I, There's that, something that in me that just grieves. Mm. And I just find this so so emotionally upsetting and every marriage will go through difficulties every marriage will have strains and trials and i think christians should have an advantage in this christians should have an advantage in this we because we are people who understand that life is not about us life doesn't revolve around us we've laid down our life to become a follower of christ so we understand that Life is not about, you know, I did it my way, looking after number one and things like that. Life, Good old Frank. <laughs> yeah. Life, life is actually about taking up your cross. It's about putting to death those perhaps ambitions you have, those mm. even dreams and desires you have. And I know that that just runs so counter to the world, which says, you know, you've got to love yourself before you can love others. And, and, and there are even pop Christian teachers whom... <laughs> <laughs> we don't broadcast on YFM because it's actually a distortion of the message of Christ because Christ 
didn't say you've got to love yourself before you can love others. He actually said the most natural thing you do mm. will be to love yourself. Therefore, <laughs> you need to, to make an effort to love others mm. before you love yourself. So marriage is the greatest need, I think, for that because it is it is a journey of putting someone else first. Mm. We are certainly um, influenced by what the world tells us and what the media tells us as mm -hmm. well. And sure. do you think uh, in the last, say, 20 years, because you've been around the traps for mm -hmm. nearly that amount of time, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, um, sure. do you think the perception of, of the world's view on marriage has changed in the last 20 years or has it always been like it is now? Yeah, well, certainly over the last 20 years it's changed. It appears to have changed, Cameron, from what we might say was an understanding that marriage was a lifelong covenant to where now you have people entering into marriage almost with an attitude, well, I hope this lasts forever, but we'll see how we go. And it, and you get to the bizarre stage where in some countries they've actually accommodated that attitude in legislation. So, for example... I believe it's in the Netherlands where they've introduced contractual marriage. So you can actually mm. be married for two to three, four, five years. You can actually sign a contract right up front. Our marriage is for five years. And at the end of that, it's over. It's done. And it's like, well, there's something fundamentally different about that understanding of marriage. Marriage is not a contract. That is, I'm entering into this contract because of the benefits I'm going to get out of it. That's yeah. generally what a contract is about. You sign a contract with a builder. Uh, I'm entering into this contract because at the end of it, I'm going to get a house, a renovation, a, a swimming pool, whatever. And the contractor is entering into it because they're going to get paid. So there's, yeah. so there's individual benefit in a contract, but in a covenant. And ultimately, Christianity is based on a covenant, isn't it? And it's where... It's where it's not what you get out of it, it's but what you put into it. And exactly. it's a completely different approach. In fact, we're going to talk about this in a moment. And, and I think, Cameron, we, we, we don't treat marriage, either for those involved in the marriage or as a community, as a society, we don't support marriage. I, I heard just last week that the city of Launceston is, is, has a now a, a proposal for a gentleman's club to open up in Launceston. Mm. Now, Cameron, we could talk a lot about this, and probably right now there are children being dropped off at school, and we probably don't want to go into too much detail about what that's going to involve. But I tell you straight up, this proposal, if it goes ahead, will not, and, and I hope I'm not being misunderstood here, let me just repeat this, it will not be good for any marriage in our valley if this thing goes no, ahead. Now, no. I know that there are people who are going to go, well, you're just a, a wowser, you're just someone who's a, you know, a teetotaling, party-pooping sort of naysayer. Well, no, I, that, 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 I, I, may be, <laughs> I may be those things, but that's not why I'm saying this is not good. I actually think there is hard, solid data to show that where these types of things are allowed to go ahead, you can actually show that divorce rate goes up, marriage and family breakdown goes up. And so there's actually a very objective basis to say, look, there, there are some things that despite the, the smoke and mirrors sort of PR campaign that this is you know, going to be a, a growth economy and this is going to be good for society and this is going to give 
you know, people and outlets, so rather, you know, all that kind of rubbish, that that we we actually need to just call a spade an agricultural digging implement sometimes, you know. Well, yeah, I've never <laughs> go, heard that one before. And go, hang on a minute. This is, you know, whatever cost-benefit you mm. think this is going to produce, this is going to produce a cost a cost mm. to society. Mm. And, and marriage breakdown costs. In fact, I was just um, chatting with a couple that I had been working with, and unfortunately they're, they're, they're going through mediation now to, to separate. And look, they will discover that the financial, emotional, physical, psychological cost of, of a marriage breakdown is going to be enormous, mm. absolutely enormous. So let's not have any of this twaddle that the economic benefit outweighs any of that because anybody who's gone through relationship breakdown, particularly a marriage breakdown, I guarantee you, if we open up the phone lines, Cameron, they would be ringing in and we would be here all day hearing yes. of the pain. Yes. So let, let's, let's not kid ourselves. And this is one of the reasons why I think it's, it's just silly that we are prepared to spend money maintaining our car. I mean, I, I, as a young person who didn't, <laughs> and, and I felt the pain of having mm. you know, things go wrong with my car, and it had, you know, every young person will have to learn this if you get a car, that if, if you just keep driving and, and you don't maintain it, something's gonna go wrong, and it's gonna cost you a lot of money. So as you mature with age, you realize, okay, there's nothing wrong with my car, but I need to take it to the mechanic, spend a, Hundred, two hundred, maybe three hundred dollars. Getting this thing just back in tune, serviced, anything that could be about to go wrong, fixed, replaced, whatever. And we'll do that, and we'll spend three, four, five hundred dollars even, to, just to maintain our car. And we should. And I, I and yet, when it comes, and, and we'll do that with you know, what do we do that? We, we do that with not just our cars but we'll do with our, with our air conditioners our our wood heaters we'll, we'll do we'll, we'll spend money to maintain things but the thing that is the most precious thing that a person can have arguably is their marriage their marriage is is going to be something that 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 is far mm. more valuable than their car their wood heater their air conditioner their swimming pool their computer their whatever and yet how many people take the time to spend maintenance on their marriage and the answer is not enough not not anywhere near enough people couples will do do the maintenance items on their on their car you know the ancients believed that a person who was not married was incomplete sorry to let you know that cameron <laughs> well, I feel that you know. Yeah, well, anyway. many do, and there's a craving. There's, there's like I really want, I want a soulmate. I want to connect with somebody, and yeah, and and I know that, and I, I know that both drive. sexes as well, male and female, feel that way. Yeah, I absolutely. Believe, yeah. yeah, there are plenty, plenty of of women. Perhaps, perhaps, arguably, women feel it stronger than men. And there's there's this ancient. Uh, idea that when when you got married you you actually became complete and and it's the idea that and it stems again it's it's this theological spiritual reality that in the very beginning man was created in the sense of mankind was created embodied in a person called adam and it was when god then took something out of mankind out of adam and invested that into woman that what 
man, Adam was, was now less because it was now invested in the woman. And when he brought Eve to the man, this is bone of my bones. This is flesh of my flesh. In other words, I am now complete. I'm now mm. complete. That which was lacking in me is now brought to me in this woman. And there's, and we know just, you know, people, people who don't even understand this, the theological spiritual truth recognize this. You know, men are from Mars, women are from... You're supposed to say Venus at this point, Cameron. Yeah, oh, yeah I should have done. Sorry. Well, I'm definitely not going to say Mercury or anything like uh, that. No. So, so men are from Mars, women are from Venus, which is just, you know, the author is trying to tell us that, that men and women are different, and we know that. Men yes, and women are different, yes, but they yes. complement each other, which is the point of that mm. book too. So it's, marriage is about complementing each other. And Cameron, after the song, we're going to start to unpack five things that every married couple should do. And these are kind of maintenance things. And these aren't the things that we were talking about last week, which you need to know for your marriage. And so if you're expecting me to hear to say couples should communicate, couples should, you know, all that. Well, we talked about that last week. These are the things that you bring into your marriage. So I'm assuming that this is kind of happening. These are five things that perhaps you're not, you're not necessarily... I've, in fact, I've never read a collect, these five things as a collection uh, in a paperback book or heard a, a message on it. But these are from 25 years of marriage, myself, and from about all that time as a pastor, these are things that I now can, can list and say, look, if, if, if every married couple did these five things, they would have a stronger better maintained marriage now Cameron before we go to a break how about we give something away yes yes how about we give away this four part CD set called Close Finding Lasting Love and it deals with how to develop relationships friendships parenting marriage and ultimately your relationship with God this is a five CD set this has gone out all around the world we would love to give it to the first caller mm. WFM we're about to go to a song but if you're the first caller on 63340100 right now we'll get this box set called Close Finding Lasting Love you may want to have it for yourself you may want to give it yes. away Finding Lasting Love is five uh, four part CD set from Lagana Media. Okay. So Cameron, let's go to a song. Yep. Let's come back and let's rip into it. Okay. Five things that every married yeah. couple should do. Looking forward to it. What a lovely song. And that's one of the things I guess married couples, we encourage them to do every day is to say something like that, that I love you more today than yesterday. That's uh, Danny Gans and uh, Nicole C. Mullen here on Wayfair. I think that actually might be a remake. We're talking about um, things we should do when as a married couple. Now, I'm a single guy, but uh, I'm interested to know all about this sort of stuff. And uh, Andrew Corbett's here with us to talk to us about that. Andrew, we were talking about, um, um, you know, I'll just touch on this because um, I just want to say this. Um, we were talking about the fact that we've got a men's club that might that is proposed to be opening and how, you know, it'll reap wonderful um, economical uh, benefits. I might be single, and I, and I don't want to sound judgmental here either, but... I'm a single guy, but I also have a lot of girls who are friends. I don't have girlfriends, but I have mm -hmm. girl friends. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them have gone through um, divorces or separations or whatever through, you know, um, a guy has, slept, you know, had a... Cheated on? Cheated on or mm -hmm. gone to places like this, pornography mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they get really... Obviously, it affects them in incredibly and emotionally way that us mm -hmm. guys don't understand. And, it, and to me, it's a respect issue and... 
you know, it breaks my heart mm-hmm. when to see ladies who are happily married all of a sudden, you know, be down like this. Mm-hmm. Just really breaks my heart. And I guess it's, for me, you know, okay, that sort of thing us guys struggle with, but it's all about self-control, isn't it? That is a very important issue. Cameron, it's it's actually beyond a very important yeah. issue. It's actually <laughs> a really, really critical issue. And this yeah. is where, again, we're, we're going to be up a, against a, a, a culture that says, well, you're just being wowsers. You just, you're just being so prudish that you guys just need to loosen up mm. and recognize that, you know, all this idea of relationships are spiritual and people are fundamentally spiritual and marriage is sacred man you guys are you guys are from antiquity this is the way people mm. used to think back when you know people just didn't know any better well now we know better and we're just so much more enlightened and that's why we can do life so much better and my simple response to that is and how's that working how is that attitude to life and relationships working and the and you you just don't have to have much of a pulse in your body breath in your lungs to recognize it's not working that attitude toward life and relationships is disastrous Mm. it's just not working for people and so when you recognize that firstly if if you treat relationships casually in the sense that those relationships that are supposed to be sacred which is your marriage your marriage with with someone who's going to compliment you they're going to bring strengths to your weaknesses they're going to add to where you were deficient they, they and that's what a marriage is about it's a team effort yes. it's a it's team effort. so yeah this is where you know you, you talk about oh what does it matter you know the, the guys go out for a bucks night and you know hanky panky happens and what's the big deal well the big deal is trust the big deal is trust because if if trust is broken before a marriage, I guarantee you it will be broken in the marriage. No question. And this is where, you know, if we, if, if we can be really, really blunt about this, if, if I was to have the opportunity to, to speak to perhaps people who are committing infidelity right now, and, and you think your marriage is over and that the person you're committing infidelity with, who may be committing infidelity to have the relationship with you, if you think that, that whatever future you have together is going to be built on trust, take a look at what you're doing now because you're both breaching trust now. Mm. And why would you think that your relationship together in the future will be based on anything different than what you're doing right now? So, yeah, the guys, the young unmarried guys who go to these sorts of things and, and do this and then, you know, expect that their girlfriend will be okay with it or whatever, you've got to think that, that, the char- that it's a statement of character and whatever character you're demonstrating now will be the character you take with you into the rest of your life. So It runs deep. I know it runs it, deep it in a woman. It certainly runs deep. Now, now yeah. look, it, it, you can even moralise this and go, oh, well, we really love each other and... And we're not, you know, we're not, we're not breaching trust because we really love each other, and 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 we're just so in love, and and we will be getting married one day, and this is just so special, and that's why we're being physically intimate, you know, where normally that would just be for the confines of marriage. We just feel so close; it's as if we're married anyway. Well, I want you to think that what you're doing here, because what you are doing, I heard a Catholic priest sum it up this way. He said, whenever 
a young man sleeps with his fiancée, sex, has sex with his fiancée, he's telling his fiancée, this is a profound thing, not something I invented, I, I heard him say this, he's telling his fiancée, it's okay to have sex with someone you're not married to. Now think about that message. And this Catholic priest said, <laughs> imagine sending that message to a girl and then marrying that girl that you've, and you've taught her that message. Imagine, imagine the potential breaches of trust you're now opening up for your marriage together. And look, it's a profound point, mm. but, but let's flip that equation. Imagine you say, we are not going to violate the trust of each other and we are going to keep ourselves until we get married. Oh boy, what a message that is. Mm. That's a message that says we, we regard our marriage as sacred. We regard trust as, as the most valuable currency in our relationship. Wow, what a message. Mm. Now again, there might be people who are hearing me and going, well, that sounds judgmental and, and condemning. You know, we, we've already done the deed and, and, and here we are. And now you're just rubbing your noses in it. Well, I, quite frankly, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not trying no. to do that at no. all. What I am trying to say is that, in fact, if, if, I, if I had, again, um, couples who could say, look, we, we would have much preferred to wait. We, we would have much preferred to have, you know, taken our time and, and got this right. And they could probably tell you, they could tell you that, you know, that the pain of it, the regret is just not worth it. We, we, we should have got this right. So... Mm. Cameron, the first thing that, that a married couple should do is they should have a regular date together. Now, let's unpack that Yes. when we come back After from the, the news. news. Okay, here's the news now on WayFM. It's 9 o'clock. Yes, good morning to you wherever you might be on 105.3 and 98.1 and, of course, streaming on wayfm.org.au forward slash streaming. We're talking today with Dr. Andrew Corbett about five things that... Uh, we should know uh, and do while we're married. And uh, we certainly uh, welcome one of our new sponsors on board uh, in Victoria's uh, Cosmetics there, a good station sponsors. And uh, they're talking, they offer us, uh, likes the opportunity to send us a Christmas gift, which is uh, give our Christmas uh, wives and partners Christmas gifts of pampering. And surely pampering would be one of the, the five things that we should do when we're married. Might have to make that a... 5.1 <laughs> come out with the beta edition of the five things every married couple should do I, I don't know how I'd respond if my wife gave me a, a nail manicure pampering voucher no. but gee I tell you what thank you to Victoria's yes. uh, great to have you on board yes. as a station sponsor in fact let's just take the time and, and just mention that uh, it, we, we have just felt the love Cameron yes. the, the, that uh, uh, our listening audience has grown and sponsors have recognised this. And thank you to Victoria's, um, a wonderful sponsor who've, who've just recently come on board. And uh, we've got other sponsors who've recently been added mm -hmm. to the, the WayFM sponsorship family. And thank you to people like Alan's Garden Centre, who uh, Karen Dixon has long been interacting with on her Wednesday afternoon program. And it's just great to have them on board yeah. as well and uh, really supporting YFM. And, of course, our faithful sponsors, Barrett's Music and, and so on. Just just great sponsors of Indeed. YFM. Yeah, thank you very much. And also just take the time, thank you to our supporters. Without you, you are the 80% backbone of what we're doing here. And there are people who 
really believe in what we're doing and we believe in what we're doing and we can't do it without your support mm. and Indeed. we're about to come in this is my last opportunity for this year to mention this but I do want to wish all our listeners a very happy and blessed Christmas and New Year. For AFM, coming into January, it's our, financially, it's our toughest time of year. People go away, they forget about AFM. And if you're able to remember AFM before the end of the year to help us get through January, that would just just be such a wonderful blessing to us. So Indeed. just keep that in mind as well. Karen, five things every married couple should do. And if I, I tell you what, my job as a, a pastor involved in marriage counselling, particularly fairly intense at times, situ, marriage situations where where it's just got uh, fairly, fairly tense, would have been made a lot easier if couples had been doing these things. Just before we went to news, we mentioned the first one. Have a regular date together. Uh, Kim and I go out every Friday. Friday's my pastoral day off, and and we make a we we have a date every Friday morning, or Friday afternoon. We have a date, and we do that fairly religiously. That's our date, and then often we supplement that with a movie night, and we we have a date together. I would I would you know suggest things like going out for a coffee, going out for a meal, mm. uh, going on a long drive. Uh, having a picnic together, those sorts of things. Walking on the beach, that's very romantic. Those kind of things. Yes. You drive the drive and then the yes. walk on the beach. Oh, and, yeah. and Because what you're doing is you're spending time together, uninterrupted, turn the phone off, that kind of thing. Mm. And this is probably why I, 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 we don't have Village Cinemas as a sponsor yet, but they're probably not going <laughs> to like what I'm about to say. But it's one of the reasons why going to the movies is, is yeah, it's okay, mm. but it's look, it's not the best way to have a date because you can't talk you can't interact while you're at the movies no you can kiss oh really oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I, <laughs> yeah. I, oh, oh come on you remember kissing in the I'll, back row of the I'll movie have to, i'll have to write that one down <laughs> so uh, but these other things where you actually yeah, create yeah. an atmosphere and an environment where you can talk and yeah. discuss things together and and learn to listen and hear each other's heart and those are the things that will help to maintain your marriage. The and it doesn't cost a lot of money. You it, don't have to spend heaps of money for it, this sort yeah, of thing. Correct. It yeah. doesn't need to it doesn't need to cost a lot of money. Okay, so number number two. Uh, many couples and you hear them talk like this, our marriage is a fifty fifty deal. You know, our marriage is, you know, I contribute my bit, you contribute your bit and, you know, together we make up the whole. Well marriage should not be a fifty fifty deal. And I know that some people go, yeah, too right. It feels like I'm putting in 80% and only getting that 20%. No, no. Um, it shouldn't be an 80-20 deal no. either. No, it, it should be a 100-100 deal. You're both putting in 100. You're both putting in 100%. Yeah. So let's have enough of this 50-50 deal. That's the way you talk when you're in a contract. When you're in a covenant, and you've got to consider that the day you got married, on your wedding day, you made a vow, mm. and that vow was a covenant vow. That vow was a vow that said, you know, I'm, I'm surrendering my life in order to give my life to this person. Mm. And married couples would have, you know, it might be a long time ago. It might be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, whatever years ago. But you might recall you actually said, for better or for worse. Exactly. <laughs> and often when I'm preparing a couple, I'll ask them the question, preparing a couple for marriage, I'll say, tell me what worse looks like. What do you think worse looks like? 
and and I've never met a couple who've actually thought mm. about that. What does yeah. worse look like? Because you're just about to make a vow that you will continue to love this person, cherish this person, honor this person, keep this person for worse, even in times of worse. Exactly. Oh, yeah. wow. Man, that's not a contract. That's a covenant. That's something where you're giving with no expectation of return. That's what we call love, Cameron. That's a, a huge thing. Number three, we've got, we'll fit one more in before we go to music and then we'll come back and, and, and finish up the home stretch. Number, number three, and this is uh, strangely, I, I just keep encountering this one. When it, when it comes to marriages that end up in trouble, it's, it's just interesting to me how often this one comes up. And it's not at the top of the list, but the fact that it keeps coming up on lists that couples present to me as, as an issue in their relationship tells me that it's actually more common than people care to admit. It's not a glamorous thing, but it's a, and it's, a, it's a little thing, but it will make all the difference. And it's this one. Be sociable with your, with your spouse's friends. Be sociable with your spouse's friends. Now, what on earth do I mean? Do I mean take your wife's girlfriend out on a date? <laughs> no. But what I mean is if your wife's girlfriend comes over, don't go and hide. At least say, hi. <laughs> mm, say, mm. Hello. Hey, could I get you a cup of tea? Could I, could I get you a drink? Could I interact to a level? Now, what, what really bugs a lot of wives and husbands is when their spouse seems to send a message that they don't like their spouse's friends. They just don't like it. Or their mother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. So it's a, it's a, it is that social yeah. Yeah. circle. So by, by simply being courteous and um, when um, you, you're, you're able to interact cordially and feel where the boundaries are. So, for example, um, your wife's girlfriends come over and they, you know, they just want to chat and you could sit there and chat but you probably don't take, don't take what I've just said the wrong way. I'm not saying go out with the girls. <laughs> I'm not saying do that. I'm actually saying just be, be cordial, be nice, be polite and then you know, once, once you've, you've established that it could be, look, you, you girls have got a lot to catch up on. I'm just going to go and do a couple of things out in the garden. I'll, I'll leave you guys to it. Mm. So it doesn't come across as Oh man, oh, my house is being invaded. I'm sick of this, you know. And out you go, and kind of vacate because that sends a really poor message, and it actually says to your wife that I, I don't like your friends. I think your mm. your judgment in who you pick to have close to you is really poor, which you want to think about because she picked you. So yeah. just be careful yeah, of the yeah, message. Exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> that very <you're> true. <laughs> so Cameron, let's come back after this next song. Yeah. And let's deal with two more things that I think are really going to make a difference in a marriage. These are five things every married couple should do. Coming up, we've got a song from Point of Grace. This is a real perspective song. I hope you get a lot out of it. This is called How You Live. That's a beautiful song. How You Live from Point of Grace there. Just want to make mention again that it's Ricky Ponting's birthday today. Happy birthday to the legend. And uh, it's I think the uh, Ren, uh, the uh, Hobart Hurricanes are playing tonight. So let's hope they can get a win on the board for Ricky's birthday. 
We're talking with Dr. Andrew Corbett about uh, things we should do when we are married, and we're up to um, we're halfway through in, into the home stretch, Andrew, of the things that uh, you think we well we should be doing. Yeah, indeed, Cameron. So let's just do a little bit of recapping. Number one is have a regular date together. Number two, don't treat your relationship as a 50-50 deal. Treat it as a 100-100 deal. Third, be sociable with your spouse's friends and understand where the boundaries are on that one. And number four, know what your spouse really wants. Then, Look, this... This is one that's going to require a deeper level of communication. And that doesn't come naturally. It takes time to develop. It takes um, understanding. In fact, most couples would need a little bit of coaching on this because we we just don't naturally do this. You actually have to have it pointed out by somebody who's got the skill set to do it. But... Let's see if we can give you a little bit of a, a glimmer of, of, of what it looks like. Uh, to be able to communicate effectively and closely involves being able to understand what's actually being communicated. And if all you do is think communication is about the words being used, you're going to miss it. You are really going to miss it. Now, even... The fact that I'm talking now with inflection in my voice, people should be able to hear where I'm passionate, where I'm uncertain, where I'm confident, what I feel Mm. deeply and strongly about, because you can hear the passion in my voice at certain times. And that passion itself becomes a part of the communication. When a couple are talking and the response is preceded by hesitation... Yeah, yeah. That, that that hesitation should be understood as telling you something. Mm. Mm. When when a couple is communicating, and there's there's a, a reluctance, and then the words come out that don't convey that reluctance, something else is being communicated. So couples need to appreciate that if if you're basing your communication on the words being used and you hear people who don't get this, couples who don't get this, when they have a fight, they say, but you said, and they'll quote verbatim what was said. No, 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 no. you specifically said. And that is just a really grossly immature way Mm. to communicate because it's failing to appreciate that we words are maybe 30% of, of what we're actually communicating, how we communicate it, the, the, the posture we communicate it from, the timing, all of these things, the environment, they all form a part of the message it's, that is being communicated. So to communicate deeply gives you the opportunity to discover what your spouse really wants. Now, we're after, we're sort of at that time now where most kids have been dropped off, so let's Let's introduce the... Schools still good? Yeah, there's still some school, schools going, are they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, today I didn't and tomorrow, know that. Oh, tomorrow, okay. my, my, my public schools finish up tomorrow. Okay. Um, so... Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, Cameron, let, let's introduce um, the topic of, of um, sex into the... What was that? The oh, 
<laughs> because if, if you'd ask most wives, well, what does your husband really want out of the marriage? They'd probably say, look, he, he just wants sex. He just wants that, that physical intimacy. That's it. And it might come as a real shock for wives to realize that's actually not what it's about. It's, it's actually, there's something else that your husband really, really wants much more deeply than that. And it's respect. And this is just one way he feels respected. And when you sort of couch it that way, all of a sudden it makes that, that whole side of a marriage look different to a woman. And if you, if you ask a, a husband, what does your wife want? Well, she, she just wants me to talk and she just wants me to tell her what I'm feeling and all the rest of it. Oh, she just wants to talk. She just talk, 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 talk. She wants talk. And if we said to the husband, you, you realize what she actually wants is, is to feel secure with you. She wants you to help her feel secure. It might help him to realize what's going on as well. And it might help him to understand there's, there's something beyond the words, beyond what he thought was happening is actually really happening. And when you can get to this stage, you can then go really deep in your intimacy together, when you begin to explore desires, what what do you want? What what, what what's your dream? What, what what's if you've got a bucket list? Tell me what's in the top twenty items of your bucket list. Tell me if 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 I was to change for you, how are three ways you want me to change? Man, you begin to start. You begin to interact at that level. You're going deep in your relationship, and you're also discovering what your spouse really want remember your marriage is not about you your marriage is about your partner it's yes. about your spouse yes so this is a really important thing okay here's the last one cameron and again it's gonna it's almost gonna sound like an anti-climax it's gonna sound so simple it's gonna sound like you're kidding i've, I've waited all this time to hear number five and it's that's it that's all it is yeah but let's see if we can explain why this would be number five because Cameron when when you think about the moments that were memorable when you were growing up with your family chances are you're going to have in the very top part of that list family holidays yep time away as a family yes absolutely now we we kind of know as if we think about it but here's the thing what should every married couple do? They should have holidays together. They should have time away together, a holiday mm-hmm. together. When you're a family, have a holiday as a family. When you're married, have a holiday as a couple. And it's it's in those times when when you're in a different posture, a different frame of mind, and a different, just a different phase. And having that time together in that culture of, of relaxation does wonderful things for your marriage. Now, by, by doing that, you're, you're actually creating memories. You're creating moments. Go and do something that you're going to have fun, you're going to relax, you're going to enjoy, you're going to learn, you're going to discover together. Have a holiday together. And... I, and this will do wonderful things for your marriage. These are five things that every married couple should do. Let's, let's recap them again. Number one, have a regular date together. It will just do 
wonders. Just It's just a weekly maintenance thing. Number two, don't treat your marriage relationship as a 50-50 deal. Treat it as a 100-100 deal. Number three, be sociable with your spouse's friends, but discover where the boundaries are and make sure you don't cross those boundaries. Number four, know what your spouse really wants. Take the time to create the atmosphere so that you and your spouse can really talk so that you can listen and understand. Now, your goal might be to have them understand you and to be able to share with them, but flip it for a minute. See if you can hear what they really want. See if you can hear what what is really in their heart. And fifthly, holiday together. When you look back over your life, I guarantee you that those memorable moments of your marriage will be time spent away together doing, um, away from the mundane, away from the routine grind. It'll be when you've holidayed together. And, and it's those things that will really strengthen your marriage and strengthen your family. And Cameron, before I go, I wanna thank you. I wanna thank our other announcers, Karen, who'll be in this afternoon, and uh, John Gregory, who have just been doing a, a wonderful job. We, we've out in, this, out in the, uh, the reception there, we've got uh, Emma, Emma Barrett. A special thanks to Emma, who's been just doing a wonderful job on our social media and uh, our online presence, just fantastic. Uh, Aileen in the office just done a, a, a wonderful job. Superlative. And, and we've got some um, board members who function to keep the station going as well, particularly uh, Mark Nightingale. Special thanks to Mark. And mostly it's, it's our listeners and supporters. And I want to thank you. Again, if you're able to remember YFM over this January break, we'd really appreciate it. It is a tough time for us. But before I go, I, again, just want to wish all our listeners... A very happy Christmas. Yeah. It's a wonderful time of year. We trust that you have a blessed time of family, yeah. relaxing, take some time off to just rest, recuperate, mm. reflect on the reason for the season. And we'll be back. I'll be back with these Wednesday mm. discussions in February next year. And I look forward to that, Cameron. Indeed. And uh, uh, we mentioned sponsors before and how we, well, we've got all these new sponsors on board. Uh, Marcus Byatt has been an absolute legend in that area. And, uh, yeah, I just want to again thank him. We for... certainly do thank Marcus. Oh. He, he's made just a, a valuable, immediate and Immense. tangible contribution to oh, the station. Huge. Thank you, just Marcus. Doing a great Bless job. you, mate, in all that you do. And yep. uh, we thank you for your passion. So Indeed. good on you. Indeed. All right, Andrew, thank you very much. We'll uh, catch you in the new year. And Merry Christmas to you and your family. There we go. Dr. Andrew Corbett with his uh, weekly message. On WayFM, it's 9.29, and uh, we've got a lovely song, a lovely love song from Kelly Clarkson coming up now.